get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games The first bye week of the Winnipeg Blue Bomber season, rejuvenate this team, get them back on track to playing the type of football we've come accustomed to seeing from this group. First place in the West Division on the line, and maybe more importantly, a chance for redemption, a huge opportunity for the Blue Bombers against the team that dismantled them 30-6 to at IG Field just six weeks ago. Welcome inside Bonfire Midweek. Good to be back with everybody. Let's bring in the man, Zach Schnitzer, as we always do. How you doing, Schnitzy? Uh, do you have a good bye week, my friend? Lots to get to uh, now that the Bombers are back. Oh, the bye week was sweet. I mean, we got to finally got a break from each other, ADB. Eh, oh, you're telling me. And uh, you talked about rejuvenating. I'll tell you what was rejuvenating was the tuna casserole I made for my family tonight. Uh, okay. Let me let me just say it had crushed up potato chips as a topping. I killed it in the kitchen today, buddy. You did. Just like this show is going to kill it because we've got a special guest and yep. we've got our picks and we're going to look ahead to week nine, especially the Bombers. And the big question I think for fans everywhere is, who is this team? Who is this team? Is this the dominant team from 2021, 2022? Or is this a team on the back nine? Because the last Bombers-Alliance game made it seem like this was a team laid in the back nine. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just fascinated to see what happens this week, buddy. Yeah, me too. This game is the CFL game of the week. We will look ahead to week nine across the league. We're also going to go around the league and uh, a very entertaining week eight as the Bombers are on the bye. As a lot of games came down to the final minutes, news breaking, uh, you know, really across the league. We'll get into all of that. You mentioned uh, the Blue Bombers health uh, and uh, getting some uh, some help on um, uh, the defensive side of the football in that respect. Uh, and we'll have our picks for SIA.com slash bonfire, but let's not wait any longer. Let's bring in the man that we put right on the thumbnail of this YouTube video. Uh, and he's going to, uh, to join us live here. I'm going to set him up here and let's see if we can bring him in the man they call Yoshi. Oh How you God. doing Jamarcus? Good to, uh, good to have you on the program. Jamarcus Hardrick, everybody. Hey, thanks for having me, man. How, you, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, awesome that you uh, took the time to uh, to join us today. Uh, you're in the midst of a very busy week. Uh, Zach and I, we got some questions for you. We could talk a little bit of football maybe later, uh, but definitely want to talk about, uh, you know, your life here in Winnipeg with your family, because I seem to see you and your little crew of, of Hardricks and, and your, your lovely wife as well, Samantha, um, that, uh, you know, you, you guys seem to be everywhere. You, you loving Winnipeg right now? I'm loving Winnipeg. I've been here eight years. Uh, my family has been, a we've made like Winnipeg very important to us as far as our outside the football world. My kids, all three have went to school in Winnipeg. So uh, Winnipeg is a very special place for our heart. We love to 
support the city any way we can. We go to Sea Bears games. Um, we go to Gold Eye games. I go to Victory Speedway. I go to any indoor any indoor play park in Winnipeg. Yeah, I'm just all Winnipeg. So Winnipeg has been great to me. I try to support it as much as I can. And I'm just a regular guy here. I love just being in the community. No, no question about that. Uh, when I saw you at the Sea Bears game, I'm wondering how you found a way to get a, a, a Winnipeg Sea Bears jersey that fit you, because you're not exactly an average size man, Jamarcus. Yeah, yeah, I did eat a lot when I was growing up, but yeah, I just went over there and the picture <laughs> I bought, and I'm just glad it fit. I think it was a three X, or maybe a four. Jamarcus, I'm a huge fan of yours. I, I'm. If you don't, if you don't know, Darren's Darren's the real like brains of the operation here. I'm just the <laughs> I'm just the pretty face. I show up and uh, I'm the fan. And uh, to be able to talk to you is just incredible. Um, what's your What's your favorite thing to do in in the peg with your family? And then maybe when you're without your family, what's your favorite thing to do in the peg? Uh, my favorite thing to do with my family definitely be the forks. You can always go down and find some great food. We always stop at the ice cream. So many different options. Uh, and as a way to support locals, we always go buy. My wife like to buy any type, necklace, chains, braces, anything. So it was always a fun night out, fun day out. Uh, when I'm not with the family, I don't know, it's probably like I like to do when I went to family. I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a go to a rec room type guy, walk around Cabela's, go to Fort White, uh, go to Little Mountain Park and walk around. I like to go out and get lost, put the phone down. So. Uh, I like to go to Charles Wood Dogs Park. I like to go to St. Vidal Dog Park. Even when I don't have a dog, I like to go there and walk around. <laughs> so like to, I don't know if I like the people watch or not, but I love to go to the Forks and uh, do the little boat ride when the family isn't here. And it's just, I don't know, it's my way of spending time or away from with myself probably. Man, nice. I, I just got I just got to say this, okay? Full disclosure, I, I don't I don't I don't BS too much on this program, if at all. Yoshi, like those are the things I do in my off days. I'll, I'll like, you know, I want to hit up rec room. I want to go to Fort white and see the Buffalo. I want to, uh, you know, walk around Cabela's, uh, my girlfriend and I love doing that. That's, that's hilarious that, uh, um, you know, we, we come from different worlds, man. You, you were born in a very, very small town in Mississippi. You obviously, uh, made a huge mark and, and, and met your wife, uh, at the university of Nebraska, uh, at Lincoln. Uh, you still make your home there in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, straight South, uh, of Winnipeg. How different is Canada? How different is Winnipeg, uh, to, to where you, you know, spent your formative years? Uh, Winnipeg is a lot different than Mississippi, where I grew up. Mississippi, I grew up in a town of 200, maybe 300 people now. And you really only had six last names, maybe. And you didn't see wow. a lot of people. So you didn't see a lot of people. Everyone knew everyone's business. So when I got to Nebraska, I thought Nebraska was the biggest city ever. And I'm meeting people from California, Florida, and Texas. Small. I'm like, it's 200,000 people here. And I'm like, I'm from a town of 200. So that was the biggest culture shock to me. But it was a, just a brush of fresh fresh air i'm from mississippi and things are a little behind there and when i got to nebraska i just felt like a, a normal person no matter my skin color or anything going on in my life no matter where i was like a status part of my life and when i came to winnipeg and it was like even better than when i got to nebraska man there's no color here i haven't felt any any discrimination here and it's just everyone's free everyone's a helping hand the best way i can describe winnipeg i've seen multiple people car break down and I see four or five cars step stopping and try to help it. And it's nothing bad about Nebraska anywhere else, but I'm used to just people driving by 
occasionally someone to stop, but that just explains Winnipeg, man. Winnipeg is that helping hand. Everyone supports everyone, and you got if you got a, got something for everyone here, and that's I just love. I do hit a lot of festivals here also. Well, kind of on that note, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with this Blue Bombers team. And, you know, your eighth year in Winnipeg, your ninth year in the CFL, uh, you know, you've been an all-star, you've won championships with this franchise. But but that culture in the locker room, you know, maybe not the start to the season you guys had hoped for. Um, and a chance for redemption on Thursday, you know, like we were talking off, uh, about off the top of the show with the BC Lions back in town once again uh, for a rematch this Thursday. But how much do you, uh, as a veteran, lift up your teammates? How, how much do you spend time talking to some of the younger guys that haven't ridden the waves and, and uh, you know, gone from those losing seasons when you were uh, a new Winnipeg Blue Bomber to the championship seasons the last few years? But the great thing is we have a lot of veterans here. So you really just piggyback a lot of what someone said. You really never have to give everyone the whole book. So all of us basically just, we have to give our chapter and give our paragraph here and there. And that's the best thing. You don't literally have to get one guy and break it down to him because you got 12 guys that will be vulnerable with him and give everything here. But I think guys, the way we run things here, we probably haven't got the results that we got in former in the last couple of years apart as far as being dominant or undefeated at this point in the season or taking big losses at home. But I think the young guys are coming along great. Well, I say Willie, Big Hill. Zach, it's countless guys I can name, but Willie is our vocal leader. And Willie's pretty good just getting the message out that what we need to hear. And I just have to piggyback off for a lot of times off my experiences of other guys. So I just credit O'Shea, man. O'Shea sets the tone every week, every day, and just, just makes us like laser focus on what we got to do. And once O'Shea relays the message in the morning, been around them long enough. That's the message we keep relaying in the locker room. That's the message we relay in our group chats. And yeah, man, we're just going to keep, we're going to keep hitting it, man. We're going to keep hitting and hope that we hit it at the right scribe. You're taking us inside the the mind of O'Shea. It's so rare to hear what he actually says in the locker room or what kind of message he gives. How does he get you guys so laser focused? Can you give us a a sneak peek into what he might say or how he how he carries himself for the message? Uh, yeah, I say uh, O'Shea longest message probably would be two to three minutes long. He yeah. doesn't he doesn't say a lot. A lot of times he shows us making a mistake, or other people making a mistake, and we learn off those. And he doesn't do a lot of rah-rah and is very black and white with him. Not a lot of gray hair. You know how he wants things done. And I call it the O'Shea way, man. That's how I want to live at home. It's just a couple of, like, principles he lives by. And if you do those things every day, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. You're going to be winning. You give yourself a chance. And I, I I, just think the way O'Shea runs things has helped me so much in my life. Like, every time I call this summer, or I say this spring, when we wasn't playing, we never talked football. It was always about life, being a better husband, being a better dad, uh, being being well. This is about football, being being better coachable, being easier to be around, and those are all the conversations that I was having, and those are the conversations I want to have later in my career because I want to be a coach later. I want to know how to set the tone. Am I doing this right? So I don't rub people wrong, but we need to we need to have a sense of urgency, and so I just watched O'Shea do those things a lot. So. Man, I never. I'm, he, I'm always grateful. I can never repay O'Shea, man. The, the talks we have in all season just made my life so much easier at home. 
not yelling so much at home, just living. <laughs> <laughs> you got a house full of kids, so I'm sure there, there's some volume in there uh, sometimes. But interesting yeah. that, you know, you share something that uh, I've heard a lot of players share. And that is that this coaching staff and, and Mike O'Shea in particular, they treat each and every individual as a man as a person first, uh, you're not a name, you're not a number, you're not, uh, you know, a face behind a mask, you know, like you got the, the visor and, you know, to, to look so intimidating on the field, but underneath you, you're our human being. Um, did, was that part of maybe what contributed to your personal success? I know Jamarcus, you and I have talked about this, right? You know, time with BC, time with Saskatchewan. And then when you signed in Winnipeg, um, you know, they, they put a, uh, a weight clause in your contract and, and you've admitted that that was a, a, a big reason that kind of maybe gave you a, a kick in the, in the rear a little bit to, uh, to turn things around, but how much did the culture of the team and, and the way Mike O'Shea handles things, um, you know, contribute to your personal success? I think it's, it has a huge factor in it. Um, I think that was my third team in three years in the CFL, so I didn't know how much longer I had in. I was looking at the end of the road. I was thinking I was showing up to Winnipeg just to be a body. And when I got here, they told me about my weight clause. And just seeing the way things were ran by a team that didn't have a lot of success, but the much respect they had from the coach and the way he just stuck to his guns. Um, man, it, it, had a, it, had a lot of, it had a lot to do with me turning my thing around. Him believing in me, them believing in me, and seeing people doing it the right way. Like when I got here and seen Stanley Bryant, like, I, I was played with Javon Olafoye in, in BC, and he always yeah. talked about Stanley, but I didn't watch Stanley a lot because I was a fanboy of Javon then. Now I'm with Stanley, and I'm a fanboy. I tell Stanley all the time, I'm, he's my favorite player. And those guys just picked their game up. Like, the technician that Stanley was when I came, when I, I've never seen things like that before. Javon was a little bit more athletic. I tried to be athletic. Stanley is a technician. I never, like, he's just so technical with his hand how much football he had seen and uh Dressler was here. I had played with Andrew before Westerman, the way he worked. I was just tons of guys. I'm probably going to forget guys, but it was the way they did things here. The wins wasn't there, the way they worked, the way they stuck to the guns and the four things they believed in it's, it's turned me around. That's where I want to live my life. You got another and one for him, Zach? Well, I do. You know, I, I was, I, I got distracted by the chat because Jeff Kabilis is asking uh, one of our stalwart uh, fire starters, as we call them, listeners here and watchers, uh, Yoshi. Can I call you Yoshi, or is that only special special people um, call you Yoshi? We're family, man. We're Winnipeg. We're all together. Baby, we're Winnipeg, man. He had a great question. What's the meal you prefer, Zach Kolaris, to buy the O line? Uh, well, I'm a family man, whatever meal he can save the most money with, but I'm, I'm not, I can eat five guys. I can eat McDonald's, I can eat steak or I can eat hot dogs. So I'm, I'm, I'm a legit, a 300 pound guy. I just eat. You just give me you meat. Just eat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a meat bread guy, man, with any sauce. Well, <laughs> even, even though you're a 300 pound guy, you can still jump up into the stands with the Hardrick hop which is now very famous all, all across the CFL. Uh, I'm sure we'll see a Hardrick hop on Thursday, but can you, uh, can you tell us where the Hardrick hop originated? Uh, Hardrick hop originated from, I just have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun on the field. And the first time I did, I ran there. I just saw people 
hitting the stands. I didn't think nothing about it. I went and jumped in there with him. And the next day, Bob Wiley was joking on me and said, you all in the, you all in the papers. You all over here trying to be famous or whatever. Then the next, I think, I want to say next couple of days, my inbox was blowing up. Guys, I mean, fans were like, you got to keep doing that. You got to keep doing it. And next thing you know, the whole team was doing it. Defense catch interception, they do it. And I think Andrew probably Andrew Harris probably made it more. He, Andrew literally was just jump in the stands to defeat yeah. and beat. Him. And like everyone wanted to do it. Then Willie called the interception. He runs to the stands. He actually went up the stairs, I think. And man, yeah, I just think it's a credit to the credit to the fans. Just me giving back to them. I couldn't take a lot of credit for it. And O'Shea just wants us having fun. So that's another thing. He's less our personality show. If a yeah. coach was all uptight on me, there's no way the right tackle in a passing league that any at any play you can get beat can go jump in the stands. And I just think that's the freedom O'Shea give us. <laughs> yeah, and of course, we're looking, you know, like Zach mentioned, uh, many people looking forward to a, a potential Hardrick hop uh, on Thursday at the, uh, I call it the Madhouse on Matheson. Math Chancellor Matheson Boulevard. That place gets pretty crazy, uh, Jamarcus. You're a guy that is, you know, a, a play with passion guy. You know, uh, I almost every time I see you, I tell you about how, how you know, amazing it was to hear you speak of the game and, and some of the things you say in describing. I remember once you said, like, you just feel like going out there and biting the grass. You, you really live and breathe football and, and like have a real passion when you're playing the game. Uh, tell me about the crowd at IG field and, and when there is 30,000 plus in there really rocking the building, what that does for you as a, as a player. Man, I wish they can get the feel that I get from the crowd, man. I'm, I'm almost bubbling up right now, man. Just thinking about it, but that crowd, the energy, the feel, the want to, you can feel the want to in the crowd. You can, they, they, they're so into the game. They, they're, they so know so they have so much knowledge of the game. They know when to cheer, what to cheer for, mm. when to get breath, when to get loud. And since I've been here, man, I, I, it's just amazing the way Winnipeg has supported us, man. Through the wins, through the losses, through the ups and downs. And these games this year has been bananas. I don't know. I don't know another word to say. It's been bananas this year at the games, turnaround, <laughs> crowd going crazy. And yeah, I, I don't know. I wish I had to thank them enough, man. I don't know if I can thank them enough, man. The crowd is—it's our cheat code here. Cheat <laughs> code. That's, code. Right. That's crowd, good. It's our cheat code at times when we're winning. Not like. Not like I'm trying to say we. I'm not trying to put too much pressure on us, but the crowd is our cheat code. <laughs> well, we've caused what is it, 132 uh, a time count or or false starts, procedure yeah. penalties, false starts. I love like I sit behind the bomber bench, Yoshi, in section 128, about 11 rows up, and I love seeing you hype the crowd. Like that, you you give as much as you get from the crowd. I think I, I see you waving around a little white towel sometimes, or just just wave it at us. So I think you do an amazing job of uh, getting the crowd going. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you guys more than ever, man. Uh, I've been on the opposing team and coming to Winnipeg is something you circle on your calendar and you won't sleep that week. Come, knowing you're coming to Winnipeg, knowing that crowd's going to be loud, knowing you got to deal with if it's cold over here. But the number one thing when you come to play Winnipeg as a, as an opponent, you're talking about the crowd first. That is that was amazing. I was on two different teams. We talked about BC, and when we talked about the crowd, when it was amazing when I played for Sass and came over here for a banjo bowl. 
think you guys got 10 sacks. I don't know how many times we jumped offside. That's the first time I got a chance to feel the the raft of IG, IG feels. <laughs> so when Winnipeg called me and asked me, gave me a contract and told me I had to lose, well, I was like, I don't have to play in that crowd against him anymore. Come on. <laughs> so that was playing crowd in Winnipeg, man. That's what it was. Okay, that's what it was. Uh, before Zach and I ask you about, you know, the importance of this game and, and uh, you know, a little bit more about football, I wanted to draw attention to this comment. Uh, Tamara, who's watching live on YouTube. Great to see you, Tamara. Everybody else out there, thanks for joining us live here on uh, Bonfire Midweek. Um, and of course, big thanks to you, Jamarcus, for, for your time. But Tamara points out something that I, as a native born and bred Winnipegger, have, have always known about this city. And that's like, it's, it's almost like we're insecure that, you know, we're not Vancouver, we're not Toronto, we're not Calgary, we're not these sexier cities. And then you really look at what we have here and the people and the attraction and you start to see, you know, feel some gratitude for that. And, you know, right off the top, you were talking about that coming from Mississippi and then Nebraska and, and then, you know, spending time in Saskatchewan and, and BC before, you know, here in Winnipeg uh, on your pro journey. And obviously time in, in other parts of the United States when you were playing are, uh, arena ball and, um, you know, a flash uh, in the NFL as well. Um, do you see what I see? And, and that's almost, you know, it's perplexing to me that people still think of Winnipeg as, as like, without or a place that that doesn't have uh something to be proud of to me that is asinine this city has so much and and you're somebody that that has come here and, and seen that yourself what's your take on that yeah i i think winnipeg is the best because like you said they're not trying to be anybody winnipeg is winnipeg it's not trying to be vancouver winnipeg isn't trying to be toronto winnipeg is winnipeg we have something here for everyone we have outdoor activity, indoor activity, family things, every sporting event, baseball, basketball, hockey. We have an outdoor life here. We have malls. What else are you looking for? The family atmosphere. You have people walking around. You have their mail. You can't miss here. I don't know unless you I don't want unless you want to be bougie. So everything is here in Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> no bougie here. There's no bougie here. And, and I think no. the best part too, is if you're a country boy like you, Jamarcus, or like a lot of my friends uh, that are West of the city, he's like, you drive 45 minutes, an hour in any direction, North, South, East, West, it doesn't matter. You, you can be in the middle of nowhere. You can see some real nature. And, and uh, you know, Manitoba is a lot more than just flat prairie land. Right. Yeah. So I love this place. I'd have had, I trained old lineman in all season. I'd have had three or four people come up. And while I'm busy, they didn't drive two hours somewhere to go fish or they'll go to take their dogs two hours somewhere. Just have all these great stories to come back. All the great food they they talk, talked about that they buy when they come to Winnipeg that was made in Winnipeg. Uh, I want to say Crown World is probably not in Winnipeg, but just the Manitoba connection. When just people, down the road. Yep. It's, it's just so much to come up here. People was taking Gimli fish home right outside or... It's just so much in Winnipeg. I don't have four people come up in these four games we've had already, and everyone just come up and see what I've been trying to tell them forever. And everyone I've had come up, and we can just go to the keg. And there's tons of places up here. And they just said the the steak cuts like butter. Just the the way the food is. You wait a little bit in the fast food restaurant here and drive to, but the food's gonna be fresh. The food's gonna be fresh. People are gonna be nice to you. It's just it's just different. Winnipeg is different. I, you have to be here to experience it. On the outside looking yeah. in, it probably looks like it's cold here and it sucks. 
and it's a it's a blast here. I don't know a better way to put it. You guys know it's a blast here. You work here, you see people in the community. It's just everyone's about winning. I don't know but better way to put it. Winnipeg's the place to be. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm going to let Zach ask a football question here, but I'll just uh, end with this. There's an old cliche in Winnipeg, and I'll change one word, but the Winnipeg's reputation keeps the jerks out. And I think that that really, uh, you know, uh, because everybody here, it just, you know, you, you got the right, uh, you got the right mentality if, if you're a Winnipegger and you you appreciate it for what it is. Anyway, sorry, Zach. I, I know you want to ask yeah. about uh, the Lions. Well, no, on he's night. making me psyched up about Winnipeg. I'm happy. To, <laughs> I'm even happier to be a Winnipegger, and I'm I'm from here as well. Um, no, just thinking about the game on Thursday. You know, from a fan perspective, it was shocking to see what happened the last time we played BC. And I know we gave up more pressure than we wanted to. When you when what's the mindset coming into this game? Is is it more there's revenge on your mind? Or is it, you know, we've forgotten that game completely and we're just going to do what we do. We're just going to play our game. It's not a revenge or we haven't forgot it completely because we had to watch that film all week. But it definitely can't be revenge. If it were a revenge game, we'll let that game beat us twice. So that game can only beat you once. And that's the biggest message I was trying to tell people. From losing the last Grey Cup, it's easy to move on from, I wouldn't say smaller losses, but other losses. Like the Grey Cup, it was so hard to get past it. And I just remember talking to Osha, Marty, and Aussie, and it's like, can't let this game beat us twice. So I think that was a little easier for us to move on in the first beginning. But, yeah, it was pretty hard. We gave up more pressure than we wanted. We didn't play our best. And just hats off to Winnipeg. I don't. I think I'm a Winnipeg. There's no excuses. They were the better team that day. Yeah, I don't have an excuse. Well, and, and Jamarcus, you know, I'm watching the other games uh, across the CFL this past week, as I'm sure, you know, a lot, you and a lot of your teammates did. And I'm watching Hamilton's pass rush, make it real tough on Dustin Crum. I'm watching Montreal's pass rush, uh, you know, uh, do, do some really, really impressive things. Uh, I've seen opposing teams playing against this blue bombers do some really, really impressive things. You do got to give some credit to defenses in the CFL. Right. We were used to the, you know, the, the 2000 yard receivers, maybe Kenny Lawler. Uh, I don't know if you'll get it this year. I know he wants to, like you mentioned the other day, but uh, you know, you do got to give some, some credit to, to the other side of the football. Yeah. A lot more, a lot of credit to the other side of the football field. Those guys get paid to defensive coordinators have been great this year, scheming things up and drawing things up. I just love where the league is going, man. Every team is bringing something new every year. It's something new wrinkle. And you see it again from another team. Everyone's, has their own creativity though, and teams have a way of uh, attacking attacking our pass protection or attacking other people's pass protection. And it's not like when I first came in the CFL in 2014, you blocked the guy over your head, and it was a big wrestling match. All these guys are cats now. They're lining up wide. They're doing a lot more twisting. When I came in in 2014, it was more the John Chicks, the Bowmans over there. You 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 get what you see. Like they're coming right down your head. They're coming right down the middle. The guys were a little bigger. They're a little on the smaller side now. They're faster. Defenses are playing faster. I get a lot more, a lot more movement up front. It's not really one on ones, and then when it's one on ones, you're looking for a twist, so they, you already step behind. So I just credit the defenses, and yeah, they got they're making you play a little bit more honest, and they're attacking offenses different ways than I've seen in the recent years. Not just saying in this year's over my, over my tenure in the CFL. When I came in in '14. Yeah, you probably saw a couple blitzes. Now you're seeing the safety blitzes, the half blitzes, the corner blitz. They can all blitz together now that DN will cover the 
slot back or something now. So like, it's just so creative and so many athletes out here. Like the athletes you have in the CFL now, you can blitz a safety down the middle and make Willie run with one of the slot backs. I'm right. not saying he's government. I'm just saying the type of athletes they're in the CFL now, like Betts itself. He's, he's one of the fastest guys off the ball I've seen in my nine years in the CFL. Like, that's just a credit to him working hard and a credit to his coaches letting him do what he do good. And he's Canadian. Yep. Yes, he's Canadian. And you wouldn't know that about it. I don't know if it's a difference between Canadian and American players, but he's a baller, baby. I, I played against him. I know I played against him last year. He got the best of us early in this year. I played against him last year, and I was like, man, that guy, he knows the game a little bit. It's nothing flashy. He knows the game. He knows where the ball's coming. He knows where the ball went to hit. It was only a matter of time before it like all clicked, and I'm sad that it all clicked on us, but it all clicked. It's clicking on everyone else too. But yeah, as it has out to him, he had a great game, and I'm excited to go out there and compete with my boys, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, you know seeing you and Stan and the rest of the old line up against the Matthew Betts and the Woody Barons, and uh, you know uh, very very talented uh, defense that the BC Lions have. You could almost argue the best in the league this season. Where does that leave? your club right now, you know, we're going to probably get, well, you know, we will get depth charts, uh, Wednesday morning, Thursday is the game where we're just 48 hours out here. Uh, what, what's the key to a blue bombers victory from the, the man himself, Jamarcus Ardrick. Key to a blue bomber victory. I say all three of us having each other back. I don't want to just put it on one. All three of us having each other back, going out there and loving on each other. And when we look up, we'll be, we'll, we'll love to score. I just, I, like I say all the time, everyone has different messages. I tell us all the time. Willie said, I love y'all. I said, let's go love on each other. If we do the things the right way. It won't be perfect. Those guys get paid, too. They're going to make plays. But if we go out there and play the way O'Shea is, has told us to play or has showed us the way we can play over the years, and we do that and we have each other back, we'll be happy in the, in the crowd to have our back, and it, it'll be a fun one leaving Thursday. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to it. And Jamarcus, this this was so great, man. Great to talk life and football, uh, you know, with someone so beloved uh, as you by Blue Bomber fans. Uh, you know, me as, as a reporter, you're always one of my favorites uh, to, to talk to. So um, thanks again. Appreciate your time and, uh, you know, rest up. It's going to be a battle. I don't have to tell you that on Thursday. Thank you, guys, man. You guys take care. We got to do this again, man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, anytime we'll have you on Yoshi, a regular, regular guy. <laughs> I'll be looking for a job whenever I'm done. I'm calling you two. Okay, okay. So please call me anytime. All right, man. Cheers. Cheers Marcus Hardrick joining us here on uh, a Bonfire Midweek. That, that was a great conversation. Oh, uh, man. You know, when, when I was thinking about who to maybe bring on this week, you know, we talked to Willie Jefferson, you know, I... I talked to, to Brandon Alexander. I'm like, it got to be someone on offense, you know, talk to Dembski before he had his baby. Mike, you know who's going to be a good guy to talk to coming out of a bye week about the city, about things to do here, and then obviously going up against his former team uh, with the BC Lions coming to town. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's got to be Jermarcus. That was great. Oh, dude, well done to get him on there. The, the oh, I didn't do much. Me, the highlight it just for Darren, me is It's all he... Darren Cameron. It's all Darren Cameron. <laughs> Wasn't the highlight for you when he said Winnipeg isn't bougie? I mean, come on. Yes. That's Bolton board. That's I great. love that. I love that. I love it. You ain't going to get bougie here. You're just going to get no. Manitoba. Um, Anybody who tries to be bougie here, they don't last long. You know where it's definitely not bougie in like the best way? 
Yeah. It's where I like to hang out when uh, I got some downtime. That's Shannon's Irish Pub. Uh, they have got game day specials. Every single Bombers game, home and away. Jets games too. 21 beers on tap. Awesome food. Their pub favorites, uh, your pub favorites, uh, like wings and, and fries and burgers and, and the rest awesome but then they've also got some really nice culinary choices uh that are done right by the chef and man himself uh gerard uh go see our good friends at shannon's irish pub 175 carlton street it's underneath the streets eclectic atmosphere winnipeg's hidden gem uh just a quick hardrick hop down the block from true north square uh, big thanks to uh shannon's and you can check them out shannon's irish pub.ca um well shall we go around the league zach it was a Let's pretty go around it was a pretty wild week uh in the canadian football league and, and i know i often say that i know i often say that but the reality is um we saw a little bit of everything in Hamilton, in Ottawa. We saw Saskatchewan and Toronto uh, at the uh, touchdown Atlantic in Halifax. We saw the Elks get shut out for a second straight game against the BC Lions. Um, we saw the Montreal Alouettes, uh, you know, find a way to uh, keep Jake Mayer out of the end zone uh, and then capture another victory to, uh, you know, look, look like they're, they're firmly in the middle tier uh, of the Canadian football league. Uh, I guess we can start um, with the Ottawa Red Blacks and uh, yeah. just pulling up. Um, Crumback, Crumback denied. Yeah. Uh, like I mentioned to Jamarcus Hardrick, the Ottawa Red Blacks hung around but the Hamilton Tiger Cats defense made it so tough on Dustin Crum to really get anything going. You, those numbers that you see right there, that's for real. Bo Levi Mitchell threw for 353 yards. But the biggest news that came out of this game is the injury that he suffered on the final play. Victory formation. Bo Levi Mitchell breaks his leg when he did not have yardage to gain. Uh, just an absolutely quirky situation in his first game back after uh you know injuring his hip or lower leg or upper leg area uh earlier in the season he's just got no luck with the tie cats well and the thing that and i think I'm, i know i'm not alone in this db what shocked me and appalled me about that was it didn't even look like victory formation it looked like he was running a qb sneak like he he rushed the ball and i don't understand why they were rushing. Like, why didn't they just take a knee? Was it because they were so close to their own end zone? But that's that the thing is he can like, safety? he can lean forward and put a knee down. Just like, I don't understand it. it. He can literally, this is, this is what players will do. This is what quarterbacks will do. They'll go up to the ref and they'll say, we're in victory formation. I'm just going to take a knee here. I'm not trying anything funny. I'm going to put my knee down real quick because we're backed up against the goal line. You tell that to the ref. You tell that to the umpire. So, so in other words, down. That's and then you take know. the snap and you tap your knee real quick and you don't have to get in there and, and, and get dirty. I don't know what happened. Nobody's, nobody's going to tell us. Uh, we're, we're probably not going to hear the, the real story or learn of the real story unless a book's written uh, or bows on the panel uh, years from now on TSN or whatever. But th that was well, unavoidable. And, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe I'm connecting some very 
wide dots here, but you look at the Grey Cup we beat them in, in in overtime and that Tim White conceded single. And then you look at like this type of play with Bo. It's like, is this coaching? Like, is there is there someone who keeps having brain farts? Like, this, it's just like inexplicably stupid. I mean, they they it's possible that they just lost their season on that one play. Mind you, Bo yeah. threw five interceptions, so it's not like he was lighting it up. But, <laughs> um, no, but they were letting terrible. him work it out, right? They were letting him just kind of drop back and, and throw it. Dustin Crumb's legs continue uh, continue to be dangerous, right? Um, you know, picking up first downs, he was once yeah. again uh, the leading rusher uh, in the game with uh, 82 yards on 13 carries. Um, but, uh, that's the first loss the Red Blacks have suffered in nearly a month, nearly a calendar month as they, uh, won two straight, um, uh, overtime thriller, uh, the crumb back, of course, against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, um, the week prior, uh, but, uh, the Ticats, I mean, they're, they're staring down, uh, a schedule the next four weeks that is loaded with BC, Winnipeg, and Toronto, uh, those three teams are who they'll face in each of their next four games. Uh, mm. So things are, are not getting uh, any easier for the tie cats. Um, just pulling up uh, the riders Argos game in the touchdown Atlantic. Chad Kelly didn't need to do too much with his arm, 122 yards passing. Uh, but the Toronto Argonauts just really, well, of course, uh, Javon leak with a, a huge punt return touchdown, uh, and uh, the, the Toronto Argonauts just not allowing Mason Fine and uh, another backup quarterback that, that's struggling this year uh, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders get anything going. Um, and the Argos remain undefeated. W- what are you seeing in Toronto, Zach? Well, it, my question is, are they just flat? You've used the term flexing. Are they just flexing on teams? Like, have they scored less than 30 points in a game this year? I don't think they have. Yeah. I mean, every every game they're scoring over 30 points and and you know defense and special teams played a played a role there but how they good one is it touchdown on offense team? one touchdown on offense yeah they scare me darren yeah that's what i take away from that is this argo team scares me you see the way Ouellette runs the ball he just angry and he just he, he's fast he's a he's a gasher too and he's 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 ripped like he could just run guys over uh, and then Chad Kelly, I mean, they called him Swag Kelly, I think for a reason. I think he, yeah, he, he's he had one of the highest uh ratings on pro football focus, even better than Kalaris uh had one one week. So, and then their defense is stacked with with playmakers. I, I don't know, man, like uh, they scare me. If Winnipeg was playing them, I don't know that I would pick the Bobbers right now. Yeah, the the Argos are legit. Chad Kelly is legit. You know, yeah. uh, maybe it got a little bit, um, you know, Winnipeg viral. Uh, my statement about Willie Jefferson being uh, the best player in the CFL today. I still feel that way. But I said, hey, if you want to think it's Zach Kolaris, if you want to think uh, it's Jake Kelly. Absolutely. I, I, I get that because quarterbacks are going to get the love. Um, however, I digress. First one of the day. Uh, first one of the month. Oh yeah, that is the first one of the month. <laughs> first one of July, I think too. Uh, if we we go back in time a little bit, but uh, the reality is, Chad Kelly has what it takes to be the MOP in the CFL, and if he can do what a lot of people doubted, myself included, and that is 
take a team that won a great cup championship that he was the, you know, late game insertion because of an injured, um, uh, injured starting quarterback, um, in McLeod Bethel Thompson, and he can run the table. I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated, but like run through the season, uh, unscathed capture first place, win the East final. And then, uh, you know, just down the highway, capture uh, another great cup in Hamilton. Um, that'll really say a lot about uh, Chad Kelly. And, you know, he's saying all the right things, doesn't want to go to the NFL, not interested in that anymore. But he could get that phone call if he puts together a season, um, you know, like he's done through the first third here. No, he looks like the real deal. And in, in some ways it makes that Grey Cup loss a little more palatable because if if he was just a, you know, just a, an overhyped, uh, not very talented sort of backup sort of guy that that we thought he was when when they won the Grey Cup. That would have that would have sucked to lose to someone like that. But to lose to Chad to the Chad Kelly we know he is now, it it's like okay, this was just a this was just a sneak peek of things to come. You know when he juked uh, Adam Big Hill. <laughs> right that that infamous second and 15 20 yard run that set up the go ahead touchdown in the gray cup so the the thing i'll say about the last thing i'll say about the argos is i just hope that chad kelly runs into a brick wall one game and uh the bombers just hit him in the mouth really hard and just bring him back down to the earth but that's that's the fanboy in me yeah, no, I, I hear you there. Uh, I think it just leads to the importance or speaks to the importance of this West Division first place game on Thursday night. Hey, you know where to go for your pregame show. Chris Walby joins me live Wednesday. That is tomorrow, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Everybody at Winnipeg Sports Talk will be joining Game Day Winnipeg live immediately following uh, that show, uh, Hustler and Remo show. Uh, and then we're going to, you know, do it on the post game uh, as well. Zach, you'll join me uh, on Game Day After Dark. There's nowhere better to be oh, when it gets dark in oh, Winnipeg baby. following a Blue Bombers game. Um, but uh, quickly to wrap up uh, CFL Week 8. Uh, the BC Lions blank the Edmonton Elks. Now the Elks have decided to make a change. Jarius Jackson will now be their acting offensive coordinator. He will be the play caller. Uh, and Stephen McAdoo, who was with the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, in years past, uh, he's actually going to move from the offensive coordinator role to a defensive coaching role still on the Elks staff. But Dane Evans, who has taken over for the injured Vernon Adams Jr., was outstanding in this game. And I get it. You know, it's there. He's playing against the Elks, but he was pro football focuses, uh, top performer this week, or the honor roll as they call it this year, 25 of 32 for 330 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, and he told TSN after the game, you know, he's like, I, I didn't do anything special. I just ran the offense. Uh, but the reality is people wondered, uh, if, if the lions were going to be able to keep up their strong play, without Vernon Adams Jr. who was having MOP like season, um, you know, in that conversation uh, during a, a, a very hot start. We saw him here in Winnipeg six weeks ago, uh, suffers a knee injury a couple weeks ago, no major ligament damage. They have been monitoring him. Uh, BC Lions um, head coach, Rick Campbell, stating that maybe it's a bit of uh, an operation of it being a short week for the Lions. Um, but 
Vernon Adams Jr. will not be the starter on Thursday in Winnipeg. It will be Dane Evans once again. But uh, as far as Winnipeg is concerned, I don't know if it's the quarterback they got to worry about. I think it's that Lions defense. They are real good. They are really good. But just one thing on the Elks. I I feel like, Mm -hmm. by the way, McAdoo, I didn't realize he went to the defense. I, all, all I read was it was an advisory role. He would say, I, th- I assumed it was the offense, but the defense, that's yep. interesting. Uh, doing a little Duran Carter switcheroo there. but <laughs> well, um, <I> not. <laughs> yeah, right. But is he kind of the fall guy for this? Like, I, I kind of feel like Chris Jones, I mean, they're not going to do anything to Chris Jones right now. Well, but, we got to remember, Chris Jones has his hands full with GM duties, head coaching duties, defensive coordinator that's duties. That's what I mean. All of this conversation about Chris Jones is sticking with Taylor Cornelius. Maybe it wasn't Chris Jones sticking with Taylor Cornelius. Maybe it was McAdoo, right? Well, that's what it, that's what I wonder because I, I I look at him even entering the season with Cornelius as that that should be hung on Chris Jones. Like he. He came into this season knowing what he knew about Cornelius and thought this guy could could even be average is a joke. But maybe maybe at this point it's more McAdoo <laughs> and, and maybe Jarius Jackson is going to he wants to ride with Daggy. And there was a conversation about that. And, and that's where they're going. Yeah. Um, I- interesting how when this change happens, they, they kept it kind of arm's length from one another, but. Also, the decision to say, okay, it's going to be Daggy uh, and uh, and Ford going forward and Taylor Cornelius. Well, he will dress. He will be on the roster just running the short yardage, uh, as you mentioned there. But um, the final game of uh, CFL Week 8 was one uh, that was wildly entertaining and another one that came down to the final possession of the game and there was jake mayer throwing for 256 yards two really costly interceptions but he had three chances from inside the red zone i think they were even on the 11 three shots from the 11 uh to score and couldn't do it uh Third down in particular was a poorly thrown ball to the end zone on, I guess it was a fade route, uh, but the BC line, or pardon me, the uh, the Calgary Stampeders, they're, they're at a point right now, Zach, that uh, nothing is going right. They're the most confounding, confusing team in Canadian football today because they're good enough to win games, but they just find ways to not. And, uh, they're just kind of, you know, we talk about the mushy middle of the, of the, the tiers amongst teams in the CFL. They're, they're the textbook definition of the mushy middle in 2023. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> they're, they're like a horse with no, no horseshoes, you know, they're, they're a horse with no name, a horse with no name even, uh, Yeah. A quick six, that's the name. The quick Hold six is, didn't run too much. That was a field goal fest. Yeah. Uh, that game mind you, wasn't even in Calgary. I don't know. Does quick six the horse travel with the team? I don't think no. so. No, I don't no, think so. Never. No. I, maybe um, to the Grey Cup. Maybe, maybe to the, the Grey Cup. Cup. But that ain't going to be, he ain't going to Hamilton this year. I can, I can almost tell you that certainly. I want to correct myself, Zach, because I stated Please earlier do. that um, uh, the, uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats have, uh, I, I mentioned the wrong team having Toronto, BC and Winnipeg, uh, four times in their next four games. It's actually the Calgary Stampeders. Ooh. The Stamps are in BC, uh, 
They're in BC. They are home to Toronto this week in BC next week. Uh, then, uh, home to Winnipeg and then in Toronto. So the, wow. the stamps have two wins this season and their next month is against the, the three best teams in the CFL. Ouch. They're in trouble, man. And like, time. I guess my question is who is Jake Mayer? Like, is he a good quarterback? Is he, is he, is he trying to figure things out? Is it sort of a sophomore slump where he's, is he, is he holding the club too tight that the guy just, um, you know, he, he basically took over from Bo. He, he made Bo Levi Mitchell expendable. You'd think that they trusted him that, that they saw a lot of upside, but he struggled. I, yeah. and I, the, 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 the big, um, play that sticks out to me is in that that overtime game in Saskatchewan where he or no sorry it was in Calgary where he threw that terrible pick to lose the game in overtime um yeah he seems to be struggling yeah I really wonder if if my microphone is picking that up I've got a peregrine falcon nest like on the roof right outside of this wall behind me and really? I can hear him chirping or her chirping, but uh, the peregrine falcons, uh, beautiful birds. But uh, that's kind of what I wake up to every day is this this chirping and, and uh, uh, I don't know, wallowing sound, I guess, as they're, they're nesting with their young ones. Uh, I'm, so glad if you're wondering, someone, I'm glad someone else is chirping you, Darren. Well, it's about time. Nobody, nobody, everyone's afraid to chirp me because oh, they know yeah. what happened. Because they know what happens. Yeah. You're going to get chirped back. Uh, <laughs> you always have to have the last word. Well, that's, you know, that's the benefit of having your own show, right? You know, I'm the one on the buttons here. Use your show as much as it's mine, but I'm the one on the buttons. No, you push the buttons, buddy. You push the buttons. (laughs) Oh, I'm a button pusher. All right. Yeah. Um, So that leaves us with the, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and uh, how they're looking going into uh, their first game following the bye week, their first of three buys this season. And we, we know how important this game is. This is the second of three meetings between the bombers and the lions this season, the second and final here in Winnipeg. And really Winnipeg needs to keep the season series alive because if they're neck and neck with the lions late in the season, as they very well, may be, they're going to need that season series uh, as a potential tiebreaker. So this game brings a, a lot of uh, implications, a lot of, um, you know, uh, retribution and, and revenge and all those R words we've talked about before. Um, but in the end, uh, I don't know, Zach, are, like is the offense, a lot of people were talking about the offensive line and, and issues with that. I'm a little bit more concerned about the defense uh, and, and how they have been playing as a unit as of late. And I think, you know, getting Winston Rose back is great, but the, the addition of Kyrie Wilson is, is an absolutely huge one as we're expecting those two to be on the roster when it comes out Wednesday morning. Yeah. The one that really uh, made me smile was Kyrie Wilson, because there was one stat that jumped out uh, when you sent me the stats, this now I'm no, I'm no Chris Walby. I don't, I don't memorize the thousands of data points and then just bring them up um casually in the conversation like he does on on game day but one stat that jumped out to me was was quite surprising is that on defense Winnipeg gives up the most rushing yards uh per carry at 5.9 in the entire league and 
you know, I think it's very heartening to have a guy like Kyrie Wilson come back into the fold, a guy who is really good against the run um, and will help Adam Big Hill there. So not that BC runs the ball more than other teams necessarily, um, but they have a, they have some good running backs in Taekwon, Mizell, and uh, Sean Sh- Shivers. Um, and if we can shut, if Kyrie can help us shut down the run, then you're making Dane Evans have to throw the ball. You're making the team one dimensional. And uh, so I was happy on the injury front. Of course, happy to see Winston Rose back there too. Um, Who was, who was, I think in one of Eddie Tate's articles, one of the receivers was talking about him. Uh, Kenny Lawler was talking about, you know, going up against Winston Rose in practice. Uh, Was it, was it Kenny? It was one of the receivers anyway. Um, saying like it's good to have him out there because you realize how how steady uh, a player he is. You know he he doesn't bite on double moves and he's just a steadying force in that uh, secondary. Yeah, I I think you know talking to Winston Rose this week and and here's your uh, injury report for the Blue Bombers in Week Nine and uh, I'll spin past uh, the BC Lions as well as you you mentioned their tailback Sean Shivers. Uh, or Shivers. I'm not even sure how he pronounces it, but uh, uh, no relation, I believe, to Jason Shivers, the defensive coordinator right. of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I know he pronounces it Shivers, uh, but yeah. Shivers, their tailback, along with um, Taquan Mizell with the BC Lions. Those will be two important players to keep an eye on uh, in Winnipeg Thursday night for the Lions. Um, but uh, get it, like Winston Rose talked about. Mike O'Shea communicating to the team the importance of playing for your brothers and playing for your teammates. And I I asked Mike O'Shea um, a couple different ways at practice on day one about, you know, what that means. It's a cliche. And, you know, Mike O'Shea says cliches are cliche because they're true. So what does it mean to play for your teammate? What does it mean to play for your brother? And uh, O'Shea talked about the physicality that football has and sacrifice. So, you know, I'm not saying the coach explicitly said that that's not what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are doing. But when the players start mentioning that as, you know, the thing they need to do coming out of the bye week, I'm thinking maybe on defense, um, you know, getting more of that will be helpful. And when you add a veteran like Winston Rose a guy that has been in the trenches, figuratively, uh, a guy that has, uh, you know, been there, done that, won championships, and is one of those emotional leaders. Um, when it comes to the, the back end of the Blue Bombers defense, they always say Brandon Alexander is the strict parent and Winston Rose is the fun parent in that, you know, <laughs> the, they're, the, they're the big brothers of the crew. They're, they're the ones that are, uh, you know, keeping the young guys on their P's and Q's and, and making sure everything is uh, how they need it to be. But getting Winston Rose back on the field after a stint on the six-game injured list to start the season, I think is um, going to maybe help the mental focus of the Blue Bombers from snap to snap on the field. That's the mental part. Kyrie Wilson has missed over 12 months of football. And to see him back following that Achilles injury, uh, I think it was week two last season where he got hurt, getting him back when the Bombers need it the most at weak side linebacker um, because uh, Malik Clements is is on the six-game injured list. That, that's a huge re-addition uh, to, to Winnipeg's defense. I don't think anybody, you know, if 
that's that's one thing we should not mm-hmm. overlook is is Kyrie Wilson coming back is a huge addition to the Winnipeg defense. Well, and the way he sniffs out screen passes, he's just got a special talent for it, Darren. I've never seen anything like it in a defender, and he can just shed blocks and just take guys down. Um, just, you know, right behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I just love Kyrie Wilson. I met him at the Taste of the Bombers uh, event they had late in May and a super friendly guy as well. Mm-hmm. And, and even said in uh, one of the one of the articles I read this week that he enjoyed the rehab process. I mean, Michael, what character like he he finds something to enjoy in in the grinding rehab process that is coming back from an Achilles injury uh just a character guy a gentleman and and a, a hell of a player yeah he he really really is and uh you know i think back to when he was a practice roster guy you know 3 4 years ago whatever it was with the bombers and and him and timothy flanders were close friends and you know flanders uh you know kind of coaching him up with the media right like you know don't don't worry you can talk to these guys they're good because when you're new to a country and new to a, a league and a team um you know and, and some strange guy with a TSN microphone uh comes up to you and wants to talk to you you, can, you know it, it's a new thing it's a little intimidating but i remember Timothy Flanders the former blue bombers running back uh helping his friend Kyrie Wilson out and now Wilson just comfortable in his own skin, uh, hearing him talk this week about almost enjoying like, yeah, he, he, he said he almost enjoyed the recovery process of a, of a 12 month injury, uh, to an Achilles is just absolutely bonkers, uh, to, to have that perspective, but it just shows you the type of guy, uh, that Kyrie Wilson is. Um, so the blue bombers defense with Winston Rose returning, it does not supplant Demirio Houston, who has been, for all intents and purposes, outstanding this season. Yeah, he's had some coverage busts, but he leads the CFL in interceptions and uh, will remain the boundary corner next to Dietrich Nichols in the Blue Bomber secondary. Brandon Alexander at safety. Um, I don't see Jamal Parker, although he's been getting some work at halfback in place of Evan Holm. I think that's just to get him familiar, uh, with defensive reps again, as he came back from the injured list last game. Um, but I imagine he will be, uh, handling, uh, returns again, Jamal Parker and Evan Holm is going to be right there. So Winston Rose will be next to Evan Holm at the field side cornerback spot. Um, the Bombers have a handful of guys on the six game injured list. And I think Zach, that's a, not a concern, but something that we should educate uh, the, uh, the fan base on is that these guys are not on the injury report because they're on the six game. And I don't think we're going to see Teadric Hansen anytime soon uh, has started a second stint uh, on the six game injured list. Uh, Jared Beeksma, a, a, a linebacker that joined the team mid season uh, looked to suffer a pretty significant injury during practice this week. Um, hope the best for him. Uh, but, but there's a whole group of guys that I don't know if Winnipeg is going to get back sooner rather than later. So the roster as it stands today, I think is really what they're going to be working with uh, for the, at least the next month of the season. Um, they yeah. got, they got and seven, seven games here uh, before their next buy um, in, in late September. 
And who do you see, like, as Janarian Grant is going to be out for a bit. He's on the mm-hmm. sixth game. Who do you see as their returner? Is it going to be Jamal Parker's still returning kicks, yeah. you think? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, You know, it was his first game, last game. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway, a little bit of leash, and, and not... Uh, um, not not get on him too much if he wasn't comfortable with with some of those punts yeah, up in first the game sort of first game for sure yeah kurt who's watching live on facebook what's going on kurt good to uh good to have you and, and everybody else with us uh no return game without janarian grant i don't know yeah. if that's totally true janarian grant is special um but we're seeing a lot of kick returns and punt returns go for distance or house in 2023 across the league so it it doesn't come down to just, you know, pure talent or ability. It's not like a, you know, a, a, a 50 goal scorer. You got to be a 50 goal scorer to score 50 goals. I don't think you got to be a Janarian Grant um, or a Mario Alford uh, to go house in the CFL mm-hmm. in the return game. It, it comes down to uh, your blocking and your scheme and your game plan. Um, so I, I wouldn't go as far as Curtis saying personally um, that there'd be no return game without Grant. Um, yeah. Is, you, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 please. No, I was going to ask is, is, does Gray slot back in Jeff Gray? Because you saw him, uh, whether it was an injury or an illness, he wasn't the starter last game. Mm-hmm. Um, Dobson was in for him. Is do you, do you see him coming back at, uh, left guard? That's what we've seen in practice this week. So okay. that is what I expect. But, you know, has Winnipeg had trouble? In pass protection, I think at times, but they've also yeah. been a very dominant group at times. Uh, I think the pressure on Zach Kolaris is maybe a little bit magnified or amplified because of, you know, just the, the nature of fans and saying, well, like, well, we haven't seen this before. Now Zach's having to escape and he's having to, he's being rushed and uh, hurried in the pocket and he's being forced to make throws earlier, uh, you know, than, than maybe scheduled. Um sure you know we're we're gonna see uh, i think a little bit more of liam dobson uh some tui ellie in, in those double tight end sets and 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 that sort of thing uh it's gonna be important for brady Oliveira to block and uh same with the receivers as well um but i'm i'm not i i i'm personally still the jury's still out in my brain when it comes to uh any verdict on the blue bombers offensive line and that's because i see flashes it's not just like oh it's only late in the game when they're you know running the ball down the opponent's throat they're able to do that but then early in the game they're able to pass protect when teams are blitzing and when teams are bringing tons of pressure and in the same breath you can say that there's also times where they're not able to stop that pass rush and it doesn't even have to be blitz packages or anything exotic it can just be four versus five or five versus five and, and they're having pass block, uh, pass protection busts. So, yeah. uh, that, that's why the jury's still out for me. Um, but I think certain defenses in the CFL have gotten very good and I'm just not ready to say, wow, this blue bombers offensive line is old and they're in the back nine and they're, you know, uh, looking like, uh, shadows of them former selves. I'm not comfortable saying any of that because that's not what I've seen. What I've seen is instances of busts. I have not seen it consistently. 
the same way I haven't seen them play well consistently. Um, all well, of that yeah. said, all of that said, Zach, I'm less concerned about the Bombers offense than I am about the defense. Big time. Everyone's talking about the O-line. I- I'm worried about the D. You're worried about what makes you so worried about the defense? Because the, you know, I will just to say one thing about the O-line is I was reading today that they gave up seven sacks against BC. And so it'll be interesting to see how they play, especially Chris Golankowski. I think he had a few holding penalties um, against BC last, last game, but mm-hmm. outside of that, they, they're, they're only averaging like one to two sack, well, one and a half sacks a game being given up, which is pretty average, which is pretty good. So maybe it's just a bad matchup with BC. We'll see on Thursday, but what's making, what's making you so concerned about the defense? Well, it's the run defense. It's the run defense. And then it is those deep coverage busts that, um, yeah, Oops, I didn't mean to pull that up. Um, it's those deep coverage busts that we are seeing sometimes. Winnipeg's been opportunistic on the back end of the defense. Um, is Brandon Alexander as rangy and intimidating as he has been in years past? Maybe not. Uh, I just see other teams' ability to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, and then find like wait for that opportunity to put a double move on an Abu Durame Soiree, who you know will step into a reserve role this week with Winston Rose coming back. But even on um, uh, on Demario Houston uh, or on yeah. uh, you know the, the the Blue Bombers have had problem at uh, the dimeback spot, the strong side linebackers. Yeah. Some still refer to it where they've gone from an American and former league all star in Alden Darby to a Canadian career special teamer in Reda Cramdy, who has gotten the start there. Uh, the last game and, and had the start there prior to getting injured in practice a few weeks ago. So I don't think Winnipeg is playing their best football on the defensive side. And that might be the kind way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that you make a, you make a good argument. Like they're worst yeah, in the league you, against the run. They're number nine. Well, in, in yards, in, was it overall against the run? Or was it just our average yards game yards per carry? Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that's yeah, all that no, matters. No. You know, if a team runs it 10 times or, or 110 times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. that that number really jumped out at me because it didn't... It, it's not what my eyes told me just watching because it didn't seem like teams were really... Except for Calgary when that in that in that first half, that home game uh, where Dedrick Mills went off for like 70 yards. It didn't seem yeah. like teams were running, being able to run the ball down our throats that much. But, I normally uh, have a... I normally have such a terrible memory, but those numbers stick out for me. It was seven carries for 76 yards and a touchdown yeah. in the first quarter, but then it went away. And yeah. was that again, you know, some strange Calgary play calling or, you know, ineffectiveness of Jake Mayer? I don't know, but um, it dried up real quick. Yeah, it did. And uh, yeah, it's just, it. Our, our, I'd have to look back at the stats, but I'd be curious to see, where Winnipeg ranks in number of rushes against per game, because maybe, maybe teams are not running very much, but when they do, they get big chunks. I don't know. Is it, is it, are there outliers? Are there, are we giving up big uh, 20, 30 yard, you know, gashes against, or is this like pretty consistently giving up like 5.96 yards per carry? Cause if mm-hmm. that's consistently being given up, that's very concerning. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. I, I got a shout out. D- 
David Burns watching live on Facebook from Cedar Hill, Texas. What's nice. going on, David? Great for uh, great, great to see you in, in the live chat. Thanks for joining us on Bonfire That's Sports. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the fire starters are everywhere, Zach. Everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> uh, I wanted to pull up this comment. Where did it go? Oh, yeah. Gregory Liverpool says his father wants Brian Cole at linebacker. I will remind Gregory and his father that we saw a little bit of Brian Cole two weeks ago. And you know what happened? There were reports that Brian Cole was making mental errors and had the coaching staff screaming in his ear. So Brian Cole has been doing some awesome things on special teams. The, the guy has been in the CFL for a few years now. He knows what he's doing. Uh, but in that game, he didn't know what he was doing. I, I wonder, or I suspect, I should say. Um, so, you know, I, I think getting Kyrie Wilson back is is nick of time, uh, timing. Um, and you sure hope that uh, a 12-month injury is uh, is definitely in, in the rear view uh, for him. Yeah. Well, is that right, eh? He was getting... Uh... He was getting yelled at by the coaching staff, eh? Yeah, like a few plays in a row. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, um, hey, I mean, that happens. Uh, even the best make mistakes, uh, you know? So, uh, th yeah. these aren't like, these aren't things where you're going to be like, okay, this guy was getting yelled at, so he's no good, and he's making errors. He can't. This is football. This is how it yeah. works. But you, know, you don't it, usually... it happens on every single play. Somebody is doing something that they maybe they shouldn't. And um, you know, um it, it, it's nothing it's nothing unique. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but you know, I just I sit behind the bench. I don't usually see coaches yelling at guys. Like that's not very bomber like. So I imagine he he really messed up. Well, he badly. might have just been out of position, right? And they're yelling Maybe. at him, not like yelling at him in punitive way, like, you know. What the hell is wrong with you, boy? It's it's get to the hash or get to your spot or whatever code word for the coverage, right? Maybe he just had, yeah. you know, some some mental uh hiccups. Uh that that can be the case. That that happens. Hey, you see quarterbacks do it at the line of scrimmage all the time. They're tell their, you know, the guy lining up at tight end or, or the running back to be like, you're on the wrong side. You know, it's it's uh we're we're in rabbit protection. We're not in in hair protection, right? Um <laughs> rabbit and hair. Yeah. Yeah. Good code words. Well, hey, you know, have you ever heard Buck Pierce's code words? Every year he's got a new uh, a new kind of uh, itinerary or new a new dose of of different language. It's it's really cool to to listen to. Well, actually, yeah. you you mentioned Buck Pierce and Eddie Tate did a great job with yeah. some inside the game articles. If you haven't checked those out, go to the bluebombers.com and check those out. The making of a playbook and uh, and there was another one. It was the making of. They were both with Buck Pierce, making of a playbook, and then um, just like I think calling a game was was the other one or something mm -hmm. um good stuff yeah uh good question here from uh our uh, friend cole mcgarvey oh yeah uh, from uh, out west and if you're interested go check out cole's uh youtube show on the cfl uh cole says apologies you guys already discussed this we have not but who would you have rather faced at quarterback for the Lions between Dane Evans and Vernon Adams Jr.? I think that's a great question because Good Vernon question. Adams Jr. is, it, you know, assumedly very close to being able to, to play again. Uh, the Bombers don't face the Lions 
That third time is October 6th. So two months away. Uh, I hate to think October is two months away, but it is. Uh, oh so, you know, Dane Evans has played well in relief of Vernon Adams Jr. But um, who would you rather face uh, if, if you were the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? That's a great question. Well, uh, I I would rather face and and hey Cole, nice to nice to see you there, buddy. Coast to Coast Gridiron is the name of the show. If you want to check him out, uh, they also come out on a podcast uh, with his buddy uh, Noah, who has said he's going to be cheering for the Lions this week, even though he's from Winnipeg. So I was, you know, isn't buddy. he? He wears the Bombers jersey on I their know. show. I know. Anyway, who would you rather face? I'd rather face. If I want to win, I'd rather face Dane Evans. Not that we can't beat VA, but uh, I I just feel like the Bombers have had their way with Dane Evans the past couple of times. Like just mm-hmm. what Kurt is saying here. Uh, you know, I think about the 2021 Grey Cup where he was like three of seven for 14 yards and a pick before he got hurt. Um, and then last year with Hamilton, you know, again, like well, he had that one game where he absolutely killed us. He threw like five touchdowns and 370 yards or something. But um, the other game, we we Willie got the pick six on him. It seems like mm. the Jeffs, the Jeffs uh, make him very uncomfortable, as they do very a lot of a lot of quarterbacks. DB, but um, I feel like VA is the, the the offense was designed for him, and you know he laid a licking on us on June 22nd. So I think I'd rather face Dane Evans. Yeah, you know, you, you ask the Blue Bombers, they'll say, you know, we don't worry about it. They're oh, game course. planning for Dane Evans versus Vernon Adams Jr. Like everything, like things change, but they're not going to say we are approaching the game differently because there's a different quarterback there. You know, it could be Joe Montana in his prime or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or uh, Doug Flutie or Warren Moon or uh, Ron Lancaster back there uh it, it wouldn't matter as far as what they would communicate uh publicly about that but believe it they are game planning for a dane evans led offense not a vernon adams jr led offense and it's just those little nuances that can can make a big difference um but that kind of brings us to you know thursday is when it all gets going and uh we'll have pregame coverage as we always do game day winnipeg with myself and the legend chris walby uh thursday uh, the game is, so we'll do it the day before, as we always do Wednesday live at three o'clock, uh, right here on this YouTube channel and, uh, on podcast afterwards, or maybe you're watching on Facebook or Twitter. Um, but that is game one of a, uh, pretty intriguing week nine in the CFL. And well, let's get to our picks for SIA.com slash bonfire. And Zach, you got two games, uh, on this, uh, list, uh, slate of games, um that that you really like yeah and i'm betting three whole units on both of them i'm just i'm i'm going heavy on the bombers at uh oh, what's happening computer, oh my computer's going weird there we go i i'm betting <laughs> three units each one on the bombers at minus five and a half i i think i think they cover i think they win um i think they're gonna rattle dane evans early and when he gets rattled early i see one of the comment uh one of the firefighters comment comment saying this too you know when he gets rattled early um you know he has problems and like that's kind of an oxymoron but anyway you know what i mean when well, if he, he gets like 
when you get into his kitchen, the yeah. confidence leaks out. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 like a like a dripping tap on your sink, right? Like there I think, go. I think the I think if the Jeffs get to him early, I think we can have a good game against the Lions. And you know, to beat a team, a good team, twice at home, uh, I just don't see it happening. I I think we'll be very prepared. We're coming off a bye. Uh, BC's on a short week. I I think uh, I think we'll we'll have our way with them. Beat them by a touchdown. Toronto, I just see as a juggernaut, Darren. Even though they're on the road, favored by eight, uh, which is highly unusual, I still think they cover. I think what like you said, you know, Calgary is really in that mushy middle. We're not really sure what they are, but I, mm-hmm. I, we've seen what Toronto is, and uh, I think they can easily cover the eight. Yeah, and you know what? I've seen worse money lines on eight point favorites uh, than one twenty six. That's for sure. So I mean, hey, you know, if you're confident, uh, whoa! Uh, if you're confident, I think. Uh, well, look at this. It's, ac- it's asking me to sign up because hey, if you do, go to sia.com/bonfire and uh, sign up through there. You will get a one hundred percent bonus. But uh, just remember uh, to bet responsibly. It is for fun, and you want to keep it that way. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes, two and a half point road favorites in Hamilton uh, on Saturday night. This game uh, is intriguing for a lot of reasons. We got to remember uh, the tie cats are probably going to have to go back uh, once again uh, deep into their quarterback stable um, with Bo Levi Mitchell injured, and they say not for the season. Um, I don't know if that's for great cup ticket sales or, or what, uh, but, uh, the tie cats, uh, definitely down looking up right now. Montreal has been playing very, very good football on both sides. Uh, Cody Fajardo, uh, and, uh, an, an offense that is really finding its stride, um, with balanced offensive attack. I like Montreal to cover, uh, two and a half and then Ottawa coming off their first loss in a calendar month. Uh, of course it was a two game winning streak, but I'm, I'm stretching out those, (laughs) those off weeks. Right. Um, they are a one point road favorite in Saskatchewan. And to me, I think this is an absolute home run. I think Ottawa is going to go into Saskatchewan and really expose the riders for, well, I think for, for what they are. And that is a flawed football team. They have been an absolute nightmare trying to do anything since Trevor Harris got hurt. Mason yeah. Fine, many think in Saskatchewan, people I've been talking to, or, you know, you, you read uh, Twitter or uh, you listen to the radio, um, they're all saying it. This is a last chance for Mason mm. Fine before they move on to uh, Jake Dolagala. Really? Um, yeah. So, I mean, m- maybe not. Uh, we have to remember that uh, the general manager and the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in the final year's uh, of their respective contracts. So, I mean, the riders are in do or die mode right now because it is BC and Winnipeg's West division. Calgary is floating there. Saskatchewan can be a third place team if they can find a way to play complimentary football and, and, uh, buoy themselves, if you will, uh, enough to get by with a Mason Fine or a Jake Dolagala at quarterback. They've got talent on defense for sure. And they've got talent in the run game. Um, and I, I think if, if you just play a smart, offensive, conservative game plan, like say the Ottawa Redblacks have been doing with Dustin Crum, I'm not saying they need an 80 yard rusher like Dustin Crum has been uh, in a lot of games this year, 
but I but think Saskatchewan are. can, you know, they have an opportunity to be a playoff team, uh, despite a lot of things going wrong for them. So, well, they uh, have a decent, they have a good defense. They have a good D line. Yeah. They have a good yeah. running back. I mean, they're not a total tire fire like the Elks, but it would be super funny to see an Eastern crossover team, though, for the first time ever. I mean, if Calgary continues to sink, right, and Saskatchewan sinks, um, <laughs> can you imagine, uh, let's say, Hamilton crossing over or Ottawa? Cross- that, I would love that. Yeah. I would just love it. Uh, I got to say, Tao Zen, thinking like me. Smash that like button. Don't hesitate. Just go hit it right now. And if it says sign up for YouTube, just get a Gmail address. It's 2023. Uh, hashtag Hotmail sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have against Hotmail? Buddy? Oh, man, I've been just crushing on Hotmail lately. Hey? You really have. Yeah, I'm not crushing on it. The opposite. Uh, hating on it. Um, Fair. Yes. Yeah. You're hating yeah. on it. Right. And this, uh, Jeff Kabila's with the comment of the day. And I, you know, just referring to one of those great things that uh, Jamarcus Hardrick shared for, uh, shared with us is that the yeah. Blue Bombers faithful, the Madhouse on Matheson, the home crowd at IG Field is their cheat code. Uh, I love, love being the that. cheat code, says uh, Jeff Kabila's. <laughs> and, and great to see Jeff and uh, my old pal Derek and, and so many people at the ballpark uh, this past week at the Winnipeg yeah. Sports Talk uh, night at the ballpark. That was a ton of fun. It was great seeing everybody. Oh, man. Tristan Rivers' music was there. Yes. Isha Boy Bruce was there. Isha Phyllis Boy. was there. Transcona Polly was there. Yeah, we it was great so seeing Polly. Yeah, it was awesome. What a What a great night. Winnipeg yep. Sports Talk put on with the gold eyes there last Wednesday. I didn't see waiters there. Disappointed. Yeah. Disappointed. To, I'll have to, to settle for waiters' love. YouTube page. That's what I'll have to settle for. And the world didn't explode when Kabilis and I uh, met, but it might if we were at a bomber game, as he said. We could do the Schnitzer stair climb together. Um, although he's probably in a little better shape than I am. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'd wait for me. My, my knee is... I'm getting knee surgery, DB. I'm going to be... At least uh, two weeks on the IR, but I'll be back. For real? This yeah, is breaking little, news to me right here on the Arthroscopic on live knee surgery, September 16th at 2 p.m. Oh, geez. At the Maple Surgical Center. I know. I'm only well, 40, but uh, I've, I've, I've pounded these legs too, too hard uh, in my, in my young, young lifetime. You getting a cartilage transplant? Yeah, something like that. From yeah. a pig or something. <laughs> well, I'll be very clean. It's better than other things you can, uh, you know, get transplanted in your body from a pig. Be glad it's your knee and not something uh, more critical to life. Um, Indeed, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But ho- hope, hope the best for you there, buddy. I, I've got oh, a, an appointment with my uh, uh, my surgeon. Why, why am I blanking on the word? Because uh, you don't, because you don't want to think about it. That's why. No, I don't. But I'm probably gonna have to get ankle surgery uh, again, like I did a, a year and a yeah. half ago, or. or Jeez, I guess it was two and a half years ago. Anyway, uh, those things absolutely suck. So it's important to express gratitude. It's ex- important to, uh, you know, get out and uh, talk to people and uh, enjoy your community. Um, and that includes all of you out there, fire starters, and a great place to do it is Shannon's Irish Pub. Big thanks to Shannon's uh, for supporting the channel. Uh, they are 
great supporters of us. We appreciate you supporting them uh, so we can keep bringing you uh, this stuff here on Bonfire Midweek and beyond. You know, game day Winnipeg, uh, Wednesday at 3, we will go live. Myself and Chris Welby. Zach, you will join me. As always, game day after dark. We'll get it spicy on the post game. Uh, following, I will say it. I will just say it. Game of the year. Thursday yeah. night at IG Field. 100% game of the year. Yep. The West is the best, and uh, the two best teams are going at it. Um, Thank I you, mean, Toronto. Toronto, <laughs> I think when Toronto comes to Winnipeg, I think that'll be a big game. But right now, this is, this is two uh, Titans in a title fight, right? Because if BC yep. wins... They've taken their four points up and they've taken the season series on us. It's like six points up. Yeah. Like it's, it'll be really tough for us to, you know, it's early, right? It's week nine, but it would be tough for us the way BC's playing to overtake them. And you, if you want to be a perennial Grey Cup contender, you want to be in first place. You want to have that first round bye. So no crazy upset can happen. And And you want one win at home. Yeah. You have the cheat code. One win and you're in, and uh, you know I think that's just what what you need. I've heard Kyle Walters talk about that a lot when yeah. when you know early on in his tenure that you know really the goal is to get first in the West. Well, you know why? You yeah. get an extra game of yeah. concession sales and ticket sales and and everything. Well, for sure that too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, people don't worry about my knee bacon on the knee. Is that kosher? Oh God, that's good. If I get a pig cartilage transplant, that's great. That's a yeah. great comment. To Arlen. Oh, I didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's gold. Nice. Oh, See, you're our starters. cheat code. The fire starters are our cheat code, Darren. Yeah, man. Or the, uh, the pyros as Transcona Poly uh, likes to put it, but, uh, big thing. Or as he to... would say, the pyros the pyro. in everything in cap lock. Uh, I, I can't uh, I can't say it like he does. No, nobody can. That that's Tico Napoli, uh yeah. one and only. Um, but big thanks to Jamarcus Hardrick. Big thanks to everybody out there in the live chat, watching afterwards on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or wherever you are. If you are listening on podcast, jump into your podcast uh, reviews section. Leave a comment. Leave some reviews. We read them all, uh, but we'd appreciate that a lot. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, just hit that like button. Uh, real easy to do. Bang, bang. Uh, it's done. And, uh, Thursday, it's going to be a heck of a football game. Big thanks to you, Zach. Uh, good to be back on, uh, on the, what did I call it earlier this week? The interweb waves. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting, uh, smorgasbord of words there. Oh, mm -hmm. interweb waves. And Mm -hmm. what do we say? We don't say, you know, I was going to say, follow me on Twitter at Zach Schnitzer 48, but it's not Twitter anymore. It's X. It's the the I'm gonna the call it Twitter till the day I die. I'm gonna call it Twitter. Known as Twitter, X Twitter. Yeah, well, I saw a lot of people are call it X Twit. Yeah, <laughs> I like that, but I'm gonna call it Twitter too. It's so well, freaking stupid. Just remember, for everybody out there, if you want to find out everywhere Bonfire Sports is. It's very simple because we're on all of your favorite social media channels. We're on all of your podcast apps. We're everywhere you are. You go to bonfiresports.ca and you'll find everything there. And if you don't, go into your app wherever you live digitally and look for Bonfire Sports Winnipeg. You will find it. Um, And uh, tell your friends. 
because uh, Thursday night, everyone's going to be talking about the Bombers and the BC Lions. And uh, we're going to have uh, wraparound coverage, uh, game day Winnipeg and uh, game day after dark uh, right here on Bonfire Sports. Zach, this is my favorite uh, favorite part of saying goodbye. Uh, mm. Sweet sorrow, as they say. And that's uh, for me to leave it to you. Is that where I say sayonara, everybody? <laughs> is that what you're looking for? That's what I'm looking for, man. You 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 were driving, you were riding me hard earlier saying I said it too early one show. Like, geez. Well, that's why I was teeing you up right here. Yeah. You teed me up and I yes, yeah, sayonara, everybody. <laughs> it's now become one of my 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 MOs just to say that. And it's just a thing, I guess, eh? Well, it tells me when I push the button for the uh the outro video. <laughs> okay. Should I, should I say it a third time then? You should just say it. Okay, sayonara, everybody. Ha, <laughs> ha,